Good morning, everybody. Or, uh, morning online uh, uh, church. Uh, lots of you online and lots of you in the room. Uh, good morning to our Kingfisher FM, Mandela Bay radio listeners. Uh, good morning also to the churches who are streaming this message live. I especially want to acknowledge Jeffrey's Bay who are streaming this message uh, also with us. And um, I also want to acknowledge, before we go into, into other things, Cheshire Homes here this morning. Uh, brought, by, brought by a friend of the ministry, who have been part of the church for a while, and thank you for doing that, and thank you for being here, uh, right uh, here in the front row. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know if we, we, did we greet the churches properly? Do you want to, should we greet one another in the online church just as a one more round of applause? I know it's, um, I, I, I need notes actually. Um, b- b- before we, we get into part two today, I also wanted to say that um, uh, last Sunday, uh, 40 people responded to an invitation about putting their lives right with God or committing their lives to the Lord and came forward. And we gave 30 Bibles away to people who didn't have Bibles. And I just thought that we should celebrate that. We should just pause for a moment and go, that's a good thing. Uh, praise God for that. I, I uh, really wanted to acknowledge that. I, I just, a very silly bit of admin before we start, because um, a friend has already texted me, hey, what about the great aircon? Um, and um, uh, I just wanted to tell you, we, we tried to commission it this week and the engineers uh, said that the wiring was not rated adequate for the aircon and so they ran new wiring during the week. I don't know, bigger wiring? Is that the term? Stronger wiring? Thicker wiring, more expensive wiring. <laughs> and they will, therefore, it will work properly, I don't know, we somehow turned off the north, north end area when we turned on the aircon, so now they had to change that. So I'm just telling you, it wasn't like a joke, like, ah, oh, here's an aircon, no, it isn't. It was just a one-week thing. And um, so uh, um, uh, I just wanted to uh, let you know about that. Uh, t- today's, um, today's true story um, is, is a, about God at work in a couple that I think everybody who's been to Father's house over the last couple of years will recognize. Jacques and Renee Kuhn. Jacques is the, has been for several years, I think five years, was the colorful uh, character in the parking lot. Uh, he saw the best of the saints and sometimes the best of the saints. <laughs> Rene is a radiographer. I didn't want to get it wrong, and then I got stuck. Uh, Has probably been involved in um, scans for some of the people in our church and their pregnancies. And their story is about God restoring your life when you've gone through tough times. And this morning I want to talk to you about the work of the Spirit, the work of the church, and the work of Jesus in rebuilding lives in different seasons. And you might be thinking, well, I can hear the kids. We broke kids' church records last Sunday. I think 200 kids were in kids' church last Sunday. It was a whole new record. Um, And, you know, at different times in your life, you may feel a little broken uh, in some area. And I must tell you, it's quite a tough message for me to share because I... I looked at that, I listened to your interview and then I, I looked at the message content and I thought, 
I need to sort out some own stuff um, before I step up to share this. So perhaps all of us will share equally at the table uh, this morning with Jesus, our master, uh, preparing the meal. Can, can you say amen to that? This is, this is six or seven minutes of a story, and then I'm going to share um, some biblical principles that their story probably embodies and represents really well. So if you'll take a moment to have a look on the screen, I'll be back. first time after being separated and being alone with my children. Um, they were, this was the, f- the first weekend they were away from me and I came to church and um, when worship started I just started crying and crying and I knew and the lady next to me f- took my hand and she gave me a tissue and she said um, it's going to be okay and I've never seen her here again. I don't know who she is but I felt home and I felt this is where I belong. Um, and then I started coming every second weekend. 2018, I started, I joined Dream Team um, and just started serving. Kids Church, um, uh, what is communications, not communications, welcome, connections, connections yes, mm-hmm. um, and production. And at one stage at the back there. At the production, yeah, you know, last two years was in production. So yeah. just serving Dream Team. Never saw Jock, never met him, never, our paths never crossed um, until January 2022. as broken and as down and out you are, um, God starts working and the serving and the people. And like Vince said the other day, people in church worship and you, unknowing to you, you lasso your rope and you, you, yeah. you throw your rope around them and they, they pull you closer and closer and closer and you, you're, you just get restored and serving and, and the love of the people in your family in church, you just get rebuilt. And your foundation is in God, and you 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 get to know who your value, where your value comes from, and um, how how your your strength in that difficulty, where it comes from, and how God just builds you up and restores you and makes you whole again. I live the good life. It was the first time in my life ever, at 38 years old, I could live on my own without having to stay with somebody. So you get that sense of. You, you've, you, you, you made it. Then the biggest trap for me ever, self-righteousness. Okay. I got that snare, six love, and I found out that rock bottom has got a basement. Really okay, you can fall far if you want to, because it escalates. Um, at first it's a slip, and then it's a slide, and then if you, if, if you, don't, if you don't grab the right hand, it, you don't know where it's going to stop. Eventually lost everything, packed up. The only thing I knew is back home. Came back home. Were you in a relationship at that time, Sean? Yes, and everything fell apart, like instantaneous, immediately. When the money stopped, everything stopped. I said, whoever's available, and I got to Pastor Lloyd. Wow. And we started a journey. Pastor, let me tell you, between sitting here on a Sunday and getting all the info I need to rebuild from you and the the weekday visits from Lloyd, it was it was exactly what I needed 
to fix all the wrong that I've caused in my own life. I saw every, look, looking back, if, if I go through the journey of all the things that we discussed, and I, I almost want to say, Lloyd sent me out with homework. And then the next week, I got tested on that homework to see if, 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 if I catch it. And the amount of things that opened up, the views you get if you look at things different, it's the same thing. It's just your view change. It opens up a door that you never knew was there. I thrived in parking because I, I, I felt that I can give back. Um, I can draw closer to the other people at church that comes for, for the same kind of thing that I've come. You, you, you start to notice people that park when they come at you, start to notice who needs a hug, yeah. who needs a high five. Um, there, there, was, there was literally some mornings when I came here when I didn't feel like coming. And somebody else would come to me and give me a, like a high five or a hug and it's like, you know what, I, I actually needed that. It's almost like you want to say, uh, your cup gets empty and somebody else just gives you a little bit and it, it inspires you along. And once you come sit here and worship broke out, worship's my thing. That's where I, I, lock, I, I lock out of the world and I lock into heaven and I give it all. Two different people having the same journey, but in separate until we came to that point of meeting. And that is a cool story. <laughs> Tell me about that story. I'm not even sure I know that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I would say I'm, I was quite healed at the time mm. um, on my journey where I felt I, I got to experience my self-worth again. Um, growing growing with family. I mean, Father's house is family. Uh, let, 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 let's face it, that is what it is. Mm. And we grow together, we walk together, we... We fall together, we pick each other up and, and, and we go on. So I, I, I found myself worth again, being among like true believers and people that wants to see the best in you. I, I got to a point of where, where I've slipped and slided so far that I thought to myself, yeah, I've, I've, I've always been in, 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 in the Christian family and, and, and in the circle. So I've never, I've never moved away from it. But you, your, your faith sort of like faded away and, and the self-righteousness takes over. So you start, you, you, you start licking the ice cream of the world. Um, it, it starts looking like maybe that's, that's the way to go. And then you get to a point where you realize, but hang on, everything good has always come from being blessed by or through God or something in line with that. So why not start over because you're going to have to start over. But why not start over with God in the middle now? Build around whatever He gives you. If, you've got, if you feel you've got nothing left, just give the Holy Spirit a spot. We read Bible together. We, you know, whenever I lack something, I feel that she knows it and she, she puts it whatever I lack. And, and likewise, there might be a day up. And How long have you two been married? Recently married, just a little <laughs> bit over a year. One year, one month. <laughs> one year, one month. Thank you very much, Cam. Is that an activation shirt you're wearing? Nice and early. Oh, good. Servant parking. Servant parking. Are you, are you advertising? Come on, Cam. Come on. How amazing is that, um, is that story? Uh, we, we, Renee and Jacques, would you stand for a moment just to see where you are? Uh, if, if that's okay. 
Does your shirt say hubby? Yeah. <laughs> also, I, um, uh, on true story, I, I wanted to say that uh, whenever we do this, I become quite concerned, will we get enough true stories, meaningful stories, you know, not stories like, you know, I left the kettle on and then, you know, the, I remembered and it was God and stuff like that. I mean meaningful stories. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, and let me tell you, we got so many emails about God doing something significant that is w- worth sharing as a testimony. We're going to keep recording them until the end of the year. And we'll use them either as intros to a message or a series again, or we'll post some as reels online. So please like and subscribe and follow us on our socials. You're going to get some content there that perhaps we uh, don't always have available for Sunday. Next week, um, uh, uh, Vince uh, and Mike will be leading True Story with a testimony also. And um, and then and I'll, I'll be preaching in Cape Town, our church there, and officiating uh, a wedding on the way down to Cape Cape Town. Um, so I, I want to encourage you, if you've written to us about True Story, it's coming. And um, we're going to be in touch. And I want to encourage you, if you have a True Story, to please tell us about it. Uh, we really want to accumulate stories that tell of the goodness of God. Can you say amen to that? I think there's something really uh, beautiful about that. I very nearly called this message uh, today, my cup runneth over, uh, on the basis of Jacques saying, you know, you come empty and little by little it fills. And perhaps that is um, a better title. I wanted to talk to you about how, how, how to go from broken to better. And I think uh, the reason why that's so incredibly important, and I'm so grateful that uh, um, both of you who represent a large group of people found a place in church where broken can be healed and, and, and brokenness is welcomed and not uh, rejected. Because I think that um, in Christianity, historically, over different times and seasons, brokenness got rejected. And broken people were downgraded in, in class within the faith. And, and I think that's a very dangerous thing. I think that the harder and the braver, but perhaps the more biblical and the more sound thing to do is to be whole enough to have space in your heart for somebody who's not yet whole and to be willing to carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I think it's easy to build a community of people who don't feel like they have burdens or if they do, it's awkward to share it because you'd be rejected so you carry your burden alone. But to be in a space where I can tell you my stuff and somehow in it, you'll still be willing to carry me in your heart is a testament to who you are as a church and who Christ is in us as a community of people. Can you say amen to that? I think that's, yeah, that's clappable. I think we can. I wanted to read from Matthew chapter 9 um, uh, uh, a story uh, of Jesus meeting his disciples um, to perhaps reiterate this a little and then take you through a story about how brokenness, how God rebuilds brokenness. And you might think, well, I haven't been through a divorce or lost everything, a business. or, uh, But, you know, brokenness takes uh, different uh, forms. Uh, brokenness is anything where the devil has used your actions or your environment or your beliefs to downgrade the image of who God created you to be. That's brokenness. That's brokenness. Remember at the beginning I said I found it quite difficult. I, I can never watch myself uh, on screen. 
I feel terribly sorry for people who do. All those of you who are watching me, I wave my arms around far too much. The tone of my voice sounds terribly flat. I don't like it. But not so long ago, I did, because somebody said, you should watch you do this thing, so I watched it. And I made a terrible mistake, because I watched it, and in looking at it, I said to myself, I, you're a fool. Look like a fool. Just in my own head. Not out loud, the dogs don't understand. I just, I just said it out loud. Do you know the problem with that is, any time you sow or allow for the sowing of a seed that breaks God's image creation of you, for he created them after his own image. Anytime you do that, it can be a sin, it can be a lust, it can be an action. And you might say, nobody got hurt. Yes, the image of God in you got hurt. And now you're a little broken in that area. And brokenness produces behavior as strong as belief produces behavior. Broken people sulk. Broken people are high maintenance. Broken people demand. Broken people reject healthy people. Broken people close their own doors. Broken people don't accept blessing and don't accept compliment. And you haven't sinned but you've allowed Satan to scar or damage the image of who God intended for you to be. Adam and Eve sinned and they saw their nakedness. There was a damage in self that took place because of sin and that damage can come in lots of different ways. And without you knowing it, the reason why you're not free and the reason why you're not perhaps experiencing the opportunity and blessing God had in mind is because you judge yourself and damage yourself in your own heart. And you might land up saying, I don't deserve. I mean, you wouldn't use the words, but your action is not for me. And I just wanted to tell you that the whole miracle of Christianity is that he is able to make all things new. He's able to make all things new. Can you say amen to that? And that's a really powerful thing. I remember, uh, I, I'm I'm going to make sure I'm on a time. Uh, I remember many years ago, um, this preacher was very aggressive about like, you know, a broke, brokenness and sin. And I think one has to be firm about what is right and wrong. I, I think that's important. Uh, the Bible gives us clear instruction on what is sound and what is not sound. And I remember this preacher was so aggressive, so angry about certain things and especially morality and lines and until one day his own child had had fallen morally and somewhere in the wrestling with God he was able to keep his values but also find enough grace to bring healing and you don't have to compromise the line in order to bring the the healing of Jesus Christ into people's lives. You keep the line, but you bring the healing. Can you say amen to that? So this is in no way intended to be a compromise. Oh, just compromise. No, the, the line is, is there. It's a boundary. But when you are broken by it, Jesus Christ died on a cross to fix what you and I can't fix. Can you say amen to that? That's the real miracle of the cross, and I think one that is so incredibly difficult um, to grasp with our earthly minds. Jesus went from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. 
follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What a powerful passage of Scripture Jesus really reiterating right from the very beginning of his spiritual journey. People who are, uh, who are broken, people who are dismissed, um, people who are fringe are welcome at the table to eat with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's incredible. And, and perhaps our heart um, uh, needs to open uh, deeper and wider to allow for people, to make space for people who've been through a journey. I respect people like Jacques and René for not hiding during their tough time for not locking themselves up and saying, either because of shame, neither of them committed a thing. Um, uh, it, their, their lives and relationships ended for different reasons before they got here. But they didn't hide. They said, I'm going to come and I'm going to just see what happens. And somewhere in the seats, somewhere in the songs, somewhere in the parking lot, somewhere in the production room at the back there, our Heavenly Father and your earthly vessel made a connection and that which was broken was made whole again. And our job was to make a room big enough for a broken man and a powerful, bold saviour to meet somewhere. We just set up the date. That's what we do, we set up the date. And I respect that because I think my inclination personally might be to want to hide when I'm going through something and even walk away from community and church and feel judgment on it. Nobody has to even do anything. Your self-image injury judges you. You think the church or the person is judging you. It's self-judgment, but you don't have, you don't have words for that. So you say, well, you, you know, the, 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 they, they looked at me funny uh, there or, or they greeted me funny. But you know what it is? It's the voice of the enemy in your own soul who has injured your heart and that injury keeps speaking. You know, there's a powerful scripture about the blood of Cain speaking until the blood of Jesus came and spoke louder than the blood of Cain. Cain was judgment and the blood of Jesus was deliverance and forgiveness. And you speak over. Amen. Something louder than what's going on in your heart needs to come into your life. And the loudest thing is the voice of God, um, the name of Jesus. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says this. I'm using the message translation. It's the everyday translation. It says this. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, uh, erected rather against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into a structure of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every uh, obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Now, the beauty of being close to God is that all the pieces of your puzzle get fitted together 
by the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got loose thoughts that need to be plugged into some kind of a structure. And you've got some obstacles that need to be taken out of the way so you can build properly. It's not always wise to build around the obstacles. I've started a little building project of my own at home. It's really not, it's not even big enough to put on Instagram. It's, it's a tiny little building project. I, I had to get, I emailed an engineer and said, I want to build around this thing and I want to keep this wall and around that wall and I want to build something on that wall. And he just emailed me back and he said, it's like a three meter wall. Why do you want to keep it? I said, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know, it's heritage. He said, it really isn't. It's really just an old wall. It's just an old wall made from bad bricks. We don't know how it was built. We, I don't think it, why don't you just break it down, put proper foundations in there, and then you can build like whatever you want. And I was like, that's going to make a mess. And he's like, you've got to go through the mess before you can get to your message. Like, um, no, any preachers say that. Any preachers say that. I eventually realized, hey, you know what? Um, uh, in, there's value in letting Jesus start from scratch sometimes and just demolish something that was poorly built so God can put something solid on there. Good foundations, good walls. And this is the work of the body of Christ. This is the work of the church. The work of the church is not to help you keep your broken walls and give them a decor paint over. Sometimes the work of the church is just to say, that wall isn't worth keeping. Take it down and build something new. It's better. Can you say amen to that? Just break it down. It's not worth keeping. I shared this in the evening service. It has such a huge impact. It is personal that I'll, I'll share it again. Some people came and gave me a hug afterwards because because it was so emotional. In the evening service uh, last Sunday, and I, I'm, I'm preaching this Sunday again, uh, today again, uh, on, on the issue of the, the message of a self-image, but from a biblical point of view. Um, I, I talked last week about five friends, every, type of friends everyone should have. If you can, you should maybe get that message. I thought it was good. Um, it's awkward for me to say it, but I thought, I thought it was worth listening to. Uh, one, one of the types of friends I said you need to have is, you need, you need to have somebody who, uh, who is a mentor or a confronter in your life. You, you, and not all of your friends should be that because you'll be traumatized. <laughs> but not all your friends should also just be cheerleaders. You know, like you can't just have, you know, oh, I messed up today, yay for you. You can't have people, like, you must have some yay people, you must have some like George, that's the first time, you need to stop doing that. So anyway, I have lunch with this uh, uh, guy who's that role in my life, and I told him I'm quite keen on exploring a bit more of this hospitality game I've been doing on the side. I've got this B&B going, and I think I want to buy like a mini hotel, and I think I want to expand on my skills there, and he, I had a cash flow analysis, and I had the plans or whatever, and he, he didn't even look at them. I was so well prepared, he just closed them, and he said, you can do it as long as you're not trying to seek approval from your dead father. Like, okay. Who's paying for this lunch? Not me. <laughs> for that remark, you will pay for lunch. <laughs> he was always going to pay for lunch. But the point, <laughs> the point is, the point is, are you spending, acting and behaving out of an area of injury and not out of an area of health. Because if you do that, you will bind yourself and pierce yourself with many sorrows. The idea might be a great idea, but your arrival onto the scene is through hurt or injury or brokenness. And you must address it first and enter into it healthy. If you don't do that, you're going to mess it up. Amen.
You just have to break the wall down and build properly. Please, uh, I, I'm in a good space. You, you, um, I, was hu- I was hugged last Sunday and night, so um, I'm doing good. Um, but how do you restore uh, the soul? Um, Colossians 1 um, uh, says this uh, concerning uh, um, restoring our, our, our souls. Um, uh, to him, God uh, has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches, through him rather, chosen to make known to the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a well known passage of scripture Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, here's the challenge some people can see Christ, and some people can see themselves well. They have good self awareness. I'm strong here and I'm weak there. They see Christ. The miracle is if you can see the magnificence of Christ in the insufficiency of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Some people worship Christ from afar. They admire him. And they are even aware of their sinfulness or their weakness or their vulnerability or their brokenness. But they haven't yet introduced Christ to self. And when you do Christ in you, that's when hope starts. Not Christ from afar. Christ in you. Christ in your darkest thoughts, in your injured heart, in your insecurity. Christ in you. That's your hope of glory. Not Christ over there, I believe. Not me over here, I see. But Christ over there, I believe and I see in me. That's salvation and that's hope. Amen. And that's what God has called us to. The gospel goes into not only saving us from hell or rescuing us for heaven, The gospel restores your life on earth. The middle isn't some weird middle. There's either heaven or hell and then just this like middle. The middle is where it all happens. The middle is for the miracles. So I want to encourage you today, if you're experiencing brokenness, something's not right and it doesn't work well, I want you to invite Jesus into your heart to do that. 1 Corinthians 15 says, and just as we have born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. You've been an earthly person, but will you let Christ create in you a heavenly version of who you are? And that's a challenge for all of us, because all of us fall short in some way. Isn't that the truth of the gospel? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the glory being the image, the fullness of God. Anything that's less than that is is the devil's work. And God is able to restore that in us. Sometimes the gospel has to be given permission to restore our blindness because we just can't see it. Do you know, if you can't see yourself ever getting married again, it's not going to happen. You have to see it in your heart and believe it in your spirit. And until you can see God putting you in it, you'll resist it. And I know you've heard this uh, terminology before. When somebody is broken enough, they'll say, I just can't see. I just can't see how it's going to get better. I just can't see, I can't see how I'm going to get out of this. Isn't it interesting that that term is so often used to represent a dark moment? I just can't see it. I can't see how it's going to get better. I can't see how it's going to improve. But let me tell you, you, um, you need to allow the Holy Spirit 
to open the blind eyes and to give you an opportunity. Do you, somebody, Jesus is phoning somebody. I can see it. I thought, you know, perhaps I'm going crazy. So I, I think the Holy Spirit is at work somewhere over here. Um, I, thought, I thought, am I here? Is the, the Lord ringing in my ears? No, no, it's a, it's a real deal. I'm sorry to have embarrassed you. Um, you, can come, you can come afterwards uh, for a prayer. But, um, but, you know, the devil blinds you. It's, it's uh, to go back to a personal, because I have to be careful uh, what examples I put up here. I don't want to embarrass people, but to my personal example you know, I have to be careful that if I can't see myself on stage anymore, I'll be closing some doors that God had in mind for me, perhaps. Because you just can't see it. And if you can't see yourself out of debt, you're never going to be out of debt. And if you can't see yourself in a healthy marriage, all you will get is what you can see. It's what you can see. That's why Paul wrote in in Ephesians and said, I'm praying that God will, by his Spirit, open your eyes that you might see what is the love of God. To see how deep and how wide and how high the love of God. You've got to see it. Not know it. See it. I can see it when I can see it. God will do it in my heart. God will do it in my heart. They say in the world, seeing is believing. It's a lie. Believing is seeing. As I believe it, I can see it. God prepares me for it and releases it. And I think there's beauty in that. And thirdly, uh, um, sometimes the gospel has to enter into our lives to overcome barriers. Barriers that are set up in our hearts because our, that's our default response to brokenness or injury. Something that can come into our lives, cause an injury, and then you change yourself. Have you ever, has anyone ever said to you, you've changed? Now, hopefully they mean it in a nice way. Sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, it's not in a nice way. <laughs> sometimes it's not in a nice way. Sometimes somebody might say, hey, you've changed. You used to be so happy. I say this to young people all the time. Well, I suppose young and old. I say to us all the time. <laughs> to us, the young, youngsters. If you're dating somebody and your friends say you've changed and they say it with pity in that relationship. That's a word for somebody. No. Uh, in that relationship, because if the person you're with doesn't make you better than you were without, if you're not shining a little more, smiling a little more, jovial a little more, skipping and hopping to church a little more, if you don't get that look in each other's eyes like Jacques and Renee had there on the couch at the end of, uh, on my couch here, if you don't have that, forget it. What happens? Uh, you put barriers up. You put protection up, um, something to guard your heart, something to cut people off because you don't want to hear maybe what their opinion might be and you preserve yourself in a toxic space. And I want to encourage you today, let the gospel wash away the barriers that the devil has put that prevents you from having uninterrupted fellowship with one another and a holy fellowship with the heavenly Father. Take those out of the way. We should hug more. We should greet one another with a holy kiss more. We should hang out more. We should smile more. We should celebrate more because Jesus is making us whole more.
And that's not all Matthew 16 says. I'm almost there. And that's not all Matthew uh, 16 from the message. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barrier between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Now, let me just tell you what that last verse means. Um, That last verse is hectic. But we say it so often that we don't realize how hectic it is. Do you know what that verse says? When I have a key, um, uh, an uninterrupted uh, access to God, uh, then when heaven says no, there is no emotional barrier in me to say no here. And when heaven says yes, there is no barrier to me saying yes. That's big, eh? You know how many times heaven says yes and we try to change the wording so by the time it gets from heaven to earth, it's a maybe. You see? Do you see what I mean? Like something about me got in the answer and changed it just a little. Remind you of God in Eden. And then when heaven says no, it's an easy no for you. And when heaven says yes, it's an easy yes for you because you've got no brokenness in the way that is twisting the message between heaven and earth. When heaven says that you believe it because you're whole enough to receive it. But when you're not whole, you take the message and you manipulate or you bend or you adjust or you omit until you change it to something else on earth. And when heaven and earth are in agreement, when the yes on earth is a yes in heaven, there is tremendous power and authority in your life and you live truly joyfully free. When you can't keep those two things in sync, you're in trouble. (laughs) When you can't keep those two things in sync, you're in trouble. And I I want to encourage you on that. Finally, uh, time doesn't permit. I would have addressed also um, uh, the the, the power of the gospel to break uh, um, bondages of the heart. I'll just read one verse. Proverbs 12 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. A lot of people could be uh, in, uh, uh, when you've carried something long enough, it, it, it um, attaches itself to your heart. When, when, you've, when you've carried it long enough. And if you ever, ever use a spade, like when you haven't used a spade or a tool for a long time, then you use it for a day, you get blisters. And then after a while, when you do it often enough, the blister's callous and you, you don't get blisters, you're just hard now. And when you carry something for a while, at first it makes you sore. But when you carry it long enough, you're not sore anymore, now you're hard. And hard's a problem. Um, create in me a new heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. That's, you see, you don't want to be hard. You want to be tender-hearted. And it's better to remove the burden than to become good at carrying it. It's better to remove the burden than to become good at carrying it. Can you say amen to that? So, would you, would you mind standing with me for a moment? I, um, I'd like uh, three more minutes. Is that okay? Um, we're getting really full. I see people are s- sitting in the coffee area. Um, that's wonderful. I can't wait until we add more services and go back to doing that. I think that's awesome. And I think one of the reasons why uh, God is moving more and more is that we just live in a world where the culture is just confused and light needs to come into darkness. 
And so why I've asked for a couple of extra minutes, we, we just found it so difficult to fit in certain things like within a one-hour church service, like communion. We just found it so difficult to fit it in. It like takes time. And, and then we found it really difficult to, to uh, create time for an altar call or time for prayer. And, but then we realized we just have to find a way and do the hard work and figure it out and add a few more minutes. Because if we don't, we will all agree that the Bible is true, but we will not have given ourselves an opportunity to respond to it, which is to repent when repentance is necessary, to believe when believing is necessary, and to adjust when adjusting is necessary. Can you say amen to that? So only a couple of extra minutes. I really do appreciate that. So with eyes closed for a moment, could I invite you to respond to this prayer or to this invitation through a prayer? If you're here um, this morning or listening to this message live or later than live and you're aware that you've been, you've been robbed of all that God had in mind and so you've learned to function in the, within the parameters of less, just function less, less of an expectation from life, from marriage, from future, just function. You, you're coping well but with less. And this morning you're realising perhaps that you shouldn't let territory be stolen from you, taken from you. You're here and you feel either a bit broken or a bit blinded or with some barrier or perhaps some bondage of the heart. I would love to take a moment to pray for you. And if that's where you're at, I am going to ask for an action. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and say, yeah, George, would you please include me in that prayer? I've got something going on and I'm not in a good place or I'm not in the right place and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you please raise your hand long enough for me to see it and I'll add you in the prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There are a lot of people in all kinds of spaces. Uh, thank you very much. I, I acknowledge uh, your hands and I, I'd like you to put them down for a moment. We're going to pray a prayer in just a minute. If you're here today and you're not in a right relationship with God, um, you know it because you either don't feel it or you've walked away from it, or you've done some stuff that you're ashamed of and it's, it seems to have cut you off. I know he never leaves us nor forsakes. Or you have never put your life right with God. I'd like to invite you to do that today. And so if you need to um, do the bridging prayer between where you are with God now and where you need to be with God, which is in right relationship, I'd like to pray for you. And if that's where you are this morning, and you know it's because your heart's beating and you're like, oh, I knew this day would come. This is it. Would you please raise your hand long enough for me to see it? I'd like to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. We, we did this last week. Maybe we'll just do it through the whole, just this series so it doesn't prolong the services all the time. If you raise your hand, or, or, or if you should have and didn't, but you know it's for you, I'm going to invite you in a moment to come to the front because I'd like to see you and pray for you and then offer you a Bible. If you want to come on your own, you can, but if you want to um, uh, drag a friend with or a family member with, you're welcome to. But could we just leave this moment for a minute to linger so that people can take an action? If that's where you're at, would you please slip out? If you put your hand up where you should have and didn't, Will you please slip out from where you are and make your way to the front? And I'm going to invite our church to just celebrate through a clap to break the ice and invite you to come and we'll, we'll wait for you. 
as people start making their way, I know the first person's always a tough one, but I want you to come out from where you are, from wherever you are over there and down the road. Just come, just bring a friend, tell a friend you want to come, but you shy, come with me, no problem. There's no judgment. All the way to the front and then just curl around the stage like this and sort some stuff out this morning. Could you celebrate? This is a good thing. This is an amazing thing. I just want you to make your way to the front. Promise you, coffee shop's there. I know you're good. Just come on right up. A little further forward to make space for the guys still, still making there. One or two more. Just one more. Last, last clap. Just one more. <laughs> Motivation. You know, maybe you've just been in church for a while, but like you're playing and you don't want to do that anymore. This, like you have to do this right. Like you need to start somewhere. This is a start somewhere. Uh, I'm going to pray in a moment. You can still come. Like the, the gate is still open. If you want to run from the back, do it now in Jesus' name. All right. Uh, I, I'm aware there are some tears being shed. So we've got some, we've got some tissues here. I'm going to pray a prayer. The whole church is going to join you out loud. I'm going to ask you to also pray it out loud. Then we're going to uh, invite you to stick around. If you want to pray with someone personally, we'll pray. And then I'm also going to say, uh, please fill in a card. We've got a card that says, hey man, I, I made this move today. Please send me some free resources and we'll gladly do that. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible that you can, a New Testament that you can take home um, free of charge. Can we do that first, church? So would you mind repeating after me just um, a, a sentence or two? Uh, we help people make that connection. So I'll, I'll say a, a sentence and ask you to repeat it. Absolutely. The saints want to reach out a hand towards you? Yes, by all means. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm aware of you today. I'm also aware of my selfishness and my brokenness and my independence. Please forgive me for sinning against you and ignoring you and walking away from you. Today, I say yes to your invitation to follow you. Please come into my life and take charge. Not Christ from afar, Christ in me. Holy Spirit, I don't know you well, but please help me make this real. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanks to Just stay where you are. I'm going to get seriously disciplined for time. Please forgive me. I'd like to do one prayer of blessing. Is that okay? I do think this is what the church is about, though. Like, the church's climax isn't to have coffee afterwards. It's, that's just a benefit. The church's climax is kingdom of darkness against kingdom of light has a moment. And I think this is one of those moments, right? So let's just pray on this topic we've talked about today. Lord, would you uh, please help us restore the image of the Creator in who we are? And where we have been robbed, our, our self-image, our Christ image has been injured. Please restore it so that we may be made whole. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, that's it, I'm done. Thank you so much for the extra time.